This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. ER Vet is brought to you by Heroes for Healthy Pets. We're passionate about your pet's health. ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Jessica Lee, and I'm an emergency critical care specialist and toxicologist. Thanks for joining us today. Today, we're going to be talking about an ever-growing problem, so you really need to pay attention because I am seeing more and more diabetes mellitus in our dogs and cats. We'll be right back after these messages. We'd like to thank our sponsor for today's episode, Pretty Litter. A bag of Pretty Litter weighs four pounds, and it's really lightweight. Most litter weighs between 20 to 40 pounds. It's also long-lasting. One bag of Pretty Litter lasts an entire month for one cat. It's also got built-in health monitoring. It keeps tabs on your cat's health by changing color if it detects potential health issues. Pretty Litter is delivered straight to your door every month with free shipping, so it's hassle-free and convenient. Go to prettylittercats.com ervet and use the promo code ervet for 20% off your first subscription order. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. Today, we have a special guest who's an expert in diabetes mellitus, and so, so grateful to have Dr. Nissa Rhine-Sauls, who's going to be talking to us about diabetes. Nissa, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, thank you for having me, Justine. So just so our dog and cat audience knows who you are, do you mind just giving us a little bit of background about who you are, where you went to veterinary school, what your specialty is in, and what you do now? Oh, certainly, certainly. I actually went to veterinary school at the University of Florida and graduated, believe it or not, 25 years ago. And I then went on to do an internship in small animal internal medicine uh, and surgery at the Animal Medical Center in New York City. And then I did a residency in small animal internal medicine and achieved my board certification in internal medicine in 2000. After that, I stayed on as a staff doctor at the Animal Medical Center, focusing mostly on endocrinology, nephrology, and urology. And once I left that position, I briefly worked as a consultant for the Veterinary Information Network. And now I am currently the internal medicine consultant for Merck Animal Health, which most of my responsibilities in this area are in advising veterinarians how to treat diabetes in dogs and cats. Thank you so much. Now, the first thing I wanted to talk about is what is the definition of diabetes? Now, most people just say diabetes, but they don't oftentimes understand what's happening to the body. So I was just wondering if you could actually explain it for our dog and cat owners. Certainly, certainly. Diabetes mellitus is a disease in which the body has excessive amounts 
of blood sugar, either related to an inability to make insulin, which is the main hormone that controls blood sugar in our bodies, or it can also be from having the right amount of insulin, but it doesn't work well. And what happens when you have excessive amounts of blood sugar in your body is that you lose a lot of blood sugar through your urine, and then you urinate more, and then you end up drinking more. So patients with diabetes mellitus will classically drink excessively and urinate excessively. Another consequence of having excessive amounts of blood sugar is that despite having that sugar, they can't get it to where it needs to be. So they are constantly hungry. And despite being hungry, they'll also lose weight. So if you notice that your dog or your cat is drinking more than usual or has bigger clumps in the litter box, I always tell people, if your cat's clump is bigger than your fist that's clenched, especially if you're female, that is too big. And so again, you want to look for these obvious signs. I would also add to that, that even just as an owner of a cat, if you recognize that your cat is drinking and urinating, because many times they do it rather surreptitiously, if you suddenly notice, hey, I'm noticing my cat is actually going to the water dish, that to me is also something to raise the flag that maybe there's something else going on. Exactly. Especially if they're drinking in unusual places, like all of a sudden you see them at the bathroom sink or they're trying to drink out of the tub. Most cats, remember, they're desert creatures. They don't drink a lot of water in front of you. And if all of a sudden you start noticing this more, you always want to check with your veterinarian sooner than later. So what is the main treatment for diabetes? Well, treatment in diabetes in dogs and cats has some differences. I'll start with dogs. Dogs, uh, the form of diabetes that dogs get is most similar to type 1 diabetes in people, which is also called juvenile diabetes. Dogs get diabetes because their pancreas no longer makes insulin. So the treatment for diabetes in dogs is 100% dependent upon getting exogenous or insulin that we administer. They also need to have their diet closely monitored and watched, but the specific diet that they will eat will not necessarily be altered just because they have diabetes. As far as cats go, the type of diabetes that cats get most closely resembles type 2 diabetes in people, which in people can sometimes be managed with diet and other medications. Cats, of course, have their own rules of how to do everything, so they have their own rules with their diabetes. So despite having a type of diabetes that resembles type 2 diabetes in people, they almost invariably need to be treated with exogenous insulin or insulin that we give them. Unlike dogs, changing the type of diet a cat receives when it's diagnosed with diabetes is an essential part of treating their diabetes as altering their diet can make it sometimes so that they actually can achieve what is called diabetes remission, meaning they will no longer need to receive that exogenous insulin treatment. Okay, great. So that's super helpful. So remember, when it comes to clinical signs of diabetes, if you notice your dog or your cat drinking more water, acting hungrier, having bigger clumps in the litter box, or more dilute urine, you want to get to the veterinarian right away because we want to make sure it's not diabetes. And just to clarify, there's two types of diabetes, so type 1 and type 2, and it sounds like dogs, once they're diabetic, they have type 1, so you're going to need to give insulin twice a day for the rest of their life. They have lifelong insulin needs versus with cats, cats get type 2 diabetes where they're making some insulin but not enough, and that's why we need to give injections of insulin twice a day. But like Nissa said, 
If you work with your vet with dietary changes, with treating your cat's insulin deficiency, in other words, giving the injections, helping your cat lose weight, our goal is to hopefully make cats go into remission. So hopefully you don't have to treat them for long periods of time. Now, what are the potential side effects if pet owners decide not to treat diabetes? What can happen? Well, left untreated, your dog or cat who has diabetes can get exceptionally sick. What happens when you have absolutely no insulin in your body is that your body starts to make excessive amounts of ketones, which are little packets of energy that we normally make. But when you have them in an amount that exceeds the amount that your body can handle them, they can actually make you rather sick. I can speak from personal experience as my son actually has uh, type 1 diabetes and there are times when he was younger where he would his insulin pump would fall off and he would develop these ketones and within hours he would start feeling really nauseous and start vomiting and as a patient who has diabetes when you start to vomit because you still have the high blood sugar and are losing sugar and water out your urine, you are very prone to getting dehydrated. And this will set off a vicious cycle where you'll develop a condition called diabetic ketoacidosis, which is rather life-threatening and requires uh, very intensive therapy, as uh, Justine can certainly attest to. Yes. And that's one of the reasons why we veterinarians want to help prevent your cat or your dog going into the emergency room or the specialty clinic, because the sooner we diagnose diabetes, the sooner we can teach you how to give the insulin, the sooner we can treat it, the better your prognosis. And once your dog or cat starts running out of energy because the sugar can't get into the cells without that insulin, the body is starving. And as a result, those ketones can be really poisonous to the body. They're going to make your dog or cat really lethargic. It's going to make them not want to eat. It can make them jaundiced. It can make them develop even organ injury. So we ideally want to prevent that diabetes ketoacidosis crisis, what I call a diabetic crisis or DKA. And I think it's also important to highlight that certainly when you find out that your pet has diabetes, it can be very daunting and scary. I can personally attest to this because my son was diagnosed when I was already a practicing veterinary endocrinologist for 13 years. I always share the story that the very first time I ever tested Jonah's blood sugar, I inserted the test strip backwards just to highlight that even a professional who has been dealing with the disease can be taken aback by the diagnosis. But what I can assure you 100% is that you can do it with the guidance of your veterinarian, whatever treatment protocols they outline, your pet can have a quality life and your family can have a quality life as well. Fantastic information. Before we continue with this week's topic, let's talk about how to accessorize your pet's life. If you're celebrating an upcoming birthday or adoption day for your four-legged friend, deck out your party with new Molly and Bandit pet party accessories. This is a great line of party products that are designed specifically for your dog or cat. They're wearables for your pups, including adjustable party hats, bow ties, and tutus. The photo prop kits include funny glasses and hats, so this will be perfect if your pet is popular on Instagram. Check out all the great pet party products, again, at mollyandbanditpetparty.com petlife. Today, we're talking all about diabetes mellitus and how we recognize it, how we treat it. Today, our guest is Dr. Nissa Ryan Sauls. And what we've been talking about is how to treat type 1 versus type 2 diabetes. Again, really important if you recognize the signs of excessive drinking, excessive 
urination, bigger clumps in the litter box that you get to your veterinarian right away because we want to be able to do some blood tests in order to diagnose it. So if you don't mind just briefly talking about some of the tests that your veterinarian is going to do and what those findings show, that'd be really helpful. And then we'll conclude with how we treat it. Certainly. So when you bring your pet to the veterinarian, probably the first test that they will likely do will include measuring your dog or cat's blood sugar, which often they can do right there while you're waiting. And they'll also test to see if your dog or cat has glucose or ketones in their urine. And once they identify that in the face of clinical signs, that will frequently be enough to confirm that your pet has diabetes. Occasionally in cats, again, they have their own rules of doing everything. Occasionally in cats, because they are prone to developing a condition called stress hyperglycemia, meaning blood sugar, just from being afraid, sometimes it'll be a little trickier to confirm a diagnosis in cats. So they may need to do additional testing. Probably the most frequent test that we'll do is a test we submit to the lab called a fructosamine test. And if this test is elevated, it will frequently confirm that your cat has diabetes and that way treatment can be started. It is usually also a good idea at the same time because diabetes is a condition that can affect all body systems that your veterinarian will perform basic lab work, which is typically consisted of a complete blood count to make sure your pet's white blood cell count and platelet counts are all okay. They'll do some sort of biochemistry profile, which will evaluate the liver, the kidneys, pancreas, all other parts of the body. And it's also a good idea for them to obtain a urine sample, submit for analysis, and ideally culture as well, because patients with diabetes are very prone to having urinary tract infection. And if one is present at the time of diagnosis, it will complicate our ability to get things regulated as quickly as we can. So remember, really easy blood tests that your veterinarian can do in order to test your dog or cat to see if they're hyperglycemic. And I think one of the stressful things about being a newly diagnosed diabetic is that a lot of pet owners don't understand the lingo. And so when in doubt, just stop your vet and say, hey, I don't get this. I need you to explain this more. There's a lot of great resources on the internet too, but when in doubt, make sure that it's accurate. So I always tell people when you see the word or hear the word hyperglycemia, that's H-Y-P-E-R, that means that your dog or cat has too much blood sugar. When you see the term hypoglycemia, H-Y-P-O, that means the blood sugar is life-threateningly low. So important that you understand that. The other important thing that we as veterinarians often forget is sugar is the same thing as dextrose or blood glucose or glucose. And so if you hear us saying that, don't stress about it, they're all the same thing, but always ask your veterinarian if you have any questions at all. I know that when I have owners that are newly diagnosed diabetics, they're often really panicked about giving insulin twice a day. And while we'll talk about insulin therapy, I wish there was some type of oral insulin out there, but it isn't absorbed that way. That's why humans, dogs, cats, always have to get their insulin by an injection. And a lot of people think, well, it's really intimidating to give an insulin injection. My first clue is always have your veterinarian or veterinary technician show you how to do it. And I like to actually have the owner draw it up and give it in the exam room so they start to feel comfortable with it. 
The second thing that's really helpful is videotape it. Ask permission and say, hey, do you mind if I record this with my smartphone so I can watch this at home so I feel more comfortable? And that way you can show it to your partner or anyone else in the household that's going to be doing insulin injections also. The third thing is ask your veterinarian if they'll shave an area on the back of your cat or your dog's neck or back. This is just for the initial first few weeks, but it'll make it a lot easier when you can actually see the tiny insulin needle going into the skin. Now, the fourth thing I just wanted to warn owners about is even though it's needles, these needles are so small. They're much, much, much smaller than the size of a vaccine needle. It's barely a prick. So I always tell people, yes, it's a needle, but your dog or cat are barely gonna feel this, but it's also a needle, so you do not wanna throw it in the trash. You wanna make sure to save it in a bottle that's safe away from children, and then it needs to be medically disposed of. Now, Dr. Nissa, I wanted to talk about what are options in terms of treatment? I know there's a bunch of different types of insulin out there. There's human types, there's veterinary types. Do you mind just talking about a few of the differences and what veterinarians need to know when they're talking to their pharmacist about this? Oh, certainly. Probably the biggest difference between human insulin or insulin made for people and insulins that are manufactured for veterinary patients is that the insulin that is manufactured for people is called U100 insulin. This means that each milliliter of that insulin contains 100 units. Our patients, or the insulins that are manufactured for dogs and cats, are typically U40 insulin. This means that there are 40 units of insulin per each milliliter. The reason that uh, veterinary insulins are typically manufactured like this is that our patients tend to take smaller doses of insulin than people take. So when you're trying to draw up a small dose of insulin, it is advantageous for the insulin to be less concentrated because the unit in the syringe is physically larger and easier to see in the syringe. That brings up in another critical point and difference between the two products, and that is human insulin must be delivered with a U100 syringe or a syringe that is specifically designed to be used with those products, whereas veterinary insulin must be administered with a U40 insulin or an insulin that is designed to be used with U40 insulin. Thankfully, most of these insulin syringes have different colored caps. Typically, U100 insulin syringes have orange caps, whereas U40 insulin syringes have red caps, but it's essential every time you get a new box of insulin syringes from your veterinarian that you look at the box before you leave and make sure that they've given you the right concentration syringe. And one misconception that sometimes happens if you are dealing with a pharmacy outside of your veterinary hospital is that they are, that U40 and U100 syringes are exactly the same and they actually, as I said, are completely different. So again, anytime you pick up uh, your supplies from outside your veterinary clinic, it is essential to make sure that they've given you the right size syringes. Thank you for reiterating this. This is so important because we want to make sure that if the pharmacist gives you the wrong type of syringe, it could dramatically affect your dog or cat's blood sugar. So when in doubt, always double check. The it's, next it's definitely... The situation is it is worse for a patient who is receiving human insulin to use a U40 syringe because they'll get too much insulin. But either way, you're going to end up with a completely dysregulated pet if you get the wrong size syringes. 
All right. And I understand there's a type of insulin that is a veterinary insulin that comes in a pen, so it may be a little bit easier to administer. Do you mind just talking about that? Sure. The insulin that comes in a pen is the insulin called Vetsulin, and you can administer it via what's called the Vet Pen. And the Vet Pen is simply an insulin pen that is designed for use with Vetsulin in cartridges. And for years, it has been long known that administration of insulin through a pen is much more comfortable for people who who have diabetes. And the other thing about the vet pen that is interesting is that it's people are find it much less intimidating because it looks more like a an actual writing pen than it does a medical device. And what's very what's really lovely about using an insulin pen in addition to the fact that it's usually more comfortable for your pet is that insulin pens are incredibly accurate and precise. So you know that when you dial up the dose in the pen, you are giving the exact dose that your veterinarian has prescribed for your pet. Whereas sometimes with insulin syringes, we're relying on our own, our hands and our eyes and our ability to see the right dose. And those problems are eliminated with the use of a pen. The vet pen comes in two different sizes. There's an eight unit pen, which is meant to be used for smaller pets because the biggest dose that it can give is eight units at a time. And what's nice about these pens is that they have half-unit incremental dosage markings, which if you've ever tried to draw up a half-unit in an insulin syringe, it is exceptionally challenging. And again, when you dial up anything, one and a half units, two and a half units, you know that you're giving your pet the two and a half units your veterinarian prescribed and the same two and a half units every time. The other size pen is a 16-unit pen, which would be for some medium-sized dogs. And the maximum dose that this pen can give is 16 units. And these pens have one-unit incremental markings. So for a patient who needs half-unit dosage, the eight-unit pen would be the, the choice for them to use. Thank you. Do you mind also talking about some of the costs that are associated with how much is insulin, how much is long-term follow-up with your veterinarian, just so owners are prepared for what they need to invest financially, emotionally, mentally when it comes to treating their dog or cat for diabetes? Right, right. Certainly, there are several different choices of insulin products available, and the prices can range, you know, they're very variable in the price. And the choice that your veterinarian may make may not be the least expensive insulin product that's available, but you should typically, the insulin that your veterinarian chooses is the one that they are most comfortable with. And, you know, the whichever insulin product it is they choose, they do so believing that it's going to be the best choice and most efficiently treat your pet's diabetes. But actually, probably the monitoring costs are greater than the insulin product itself. As initially, you can expect to be going to see your veterinarian every one to two weeks to have some form of monitoring done. And this monitoring can be rather expensive. The regulation can take weeks to months to achieve, which is why, again, the monitoring is often the most expensive part of the treatment of diabetes. It is also feasible that some of this monitoring can occur at home. And your veterinarian can talk to you about that if you are interested. And this will defer some of the cost, although, again, the test strips themselves are part of, are some of the more expensive parts 
of diabetes monitoring for dogs and cats. All right, good to know. I do tell pet owners and warn them, it is initially cost heavy upfront because it takes a while for your dog or cat to get used to the amount of insulin. And we veterinarians can't just start a large amount of insulin because it can push too much sugar into your dog or cat cells and that can make them have a low blood sugar or hypoglycemia. So we always have to do this really gradually while we monitor your dog or cat and monitor their response. Are they urinating less? Are they drinking less? But we can't change things too quickly. So again, we do have to be patient, but I warn owners, the first one to three to six months are a little bit more expensive because there's more monitoring involved. But the good thing is after that, most dogs and cats only need to go into the veterinarian two to three times a year after that as we adjust things. So hang in there. We always promise it will get easier, but it's more intensive in the beginning. Dr. Nissa, any last thoughts that you wanted to mention about diabetes in dogs and cats? Anything pet owners can do to potentially prevent this? As far as preventing diabetes in a dog, thus far, there's nothing that we know of that can prevent this from happening, much like in people. But certainly, if you look down at your cat as you're listening to us and you see that he or she may be a little on the heavy side, it may be time to go over to your veterinarian and talk to them about putting them on a diet. Because there is a chance that if you start your cat on a diet and they lose some weight, that you may be able to prevent them from developing diabetes in the future. Great information. It's predicted that one out of every 200 cats is thought to be affected by diabetes. And this is honestly probably due to the fact that we're seeing more and more obese cats and dogs out there. So please talk to your veterinarian if you have a cat that is over 10 pounds about how we can safely help your cat lose weight just because we really are trying to keep your dog or your cat as healthy as possible. And I always tell cat owners, the more overweight they are, the more I worry that they're going to need insulin twice a day for a really long time. So please help keep your dog and cat healthy. Well, thank you so much for this great information. We really appreciate you taking the time to be on today's show. Thank you for having me. Well, that brings us to the end of today's show on ER Vet. Find me at drjustinelee.com, on Facebook at Dr. Justine Lee, or email me any of your pet questions at drjustine at petliferadio.com. With that, we're out of time. And once again, want to thank Dr. Nissa Reinsalz and Mark Winter, our producer, for making this show possible. See you at the next episode. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.